Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Everybody, we are Matt and Kevin, and welcome to season three of the Believe Overwatch League podcast from the Believe Podcast Network, the number one podcast network for professionals. Please like, rate, and subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, Stitcher, Luminary, and TuneIn. You can also find us on all social media at Believe in OWL and at Believe.com. This week, we discuss the summer showdown the new Anna skin, and the investigation on the Overwatch League. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to another week of the Believe in Overwatch League podcast. We are Matt and Kevin, as always, and we are back for covering the, what is it, the second week of the the summer showdown? Yeah, we, yeah, yeah thir- two, two, three, two. It's two. We two. It's two. Yeah, we took week 10 off because they were off. So week 11 was last week, covered it in 12. All right, cool. Now that that is straightened out, uh, how how has your, your gaming life been, Kevin? How is it being playing the, the, the video games on the internets? Um, yeah, I've just been trying to get myself mentally prepared for the new Pokemon MOBA that's coming out. Um, yeah, it's definitely something that i'm interested in casting later down the line um but also you know i I come from a pokemon competitive background and this is just a different style of game um and i'm i'm really interested i was talking with a friend i think it was a couple couple days ago i i we didn't we didn't actually hook up but he should have um but he comes from the league of legends space and he's been casting league since it started and we got to talking when Valorant came out first because he's a part of the Riot family and I'm a part of the FPS family uh, when I came from Overwatch. And we're like, is this our game that we could finally like hang out and cast together? And he's like, we, we might be able to, but you know, the MOBAs are a different speed than, um, than FPSs, but they are the same company. And then I showed him this and he's like, this is the game we're going to be able to collaborate on. It's like, you come with the Pokemon background. I come with the MOBA background. Just right here. We're going we're gonna to make this thing happen. And I'm like, yes. Okay, we, we, found, we found the sweet spot. Remember so, me when you're famous. <laughs> yeah, no, don't worry. I, I definitely will. I'll, I'll bring you out to a game. That, that's yes. the way how it should go. Um, but yeah, hopefully these matches will... Um, it, it scratches an itch that I've had for a long time. Like, I used to play dota 2 for a long time like i think i have the most hours clocked in on dota 2 than any other game on my steam library um just because like i played it almost like religiously it was bad it was real bad uh okay i i can quick check i'm pretty sure it's like a couple thousand hours Hmm. um but i haven't played a moba since like it's been you know, FPS is for majority of my life. So I'm glad that this game, it's very like beginner friendly in terms of MOBAs, but um, it it's definitely a game style that I would love to come back to. 
Uh, what what about you, Matt? How was your week, and uh, how how's everything going? It has been it's been a a busy week, but like less busy than it normally is. So I'm I'm kind of chilling right now. I've I've gotten on track with most of my work. So hopefully, like I I can play some more of the video gamings. Um, I just picked up the uh, Borderlands collection for my Switch, and I picked up uh, a Pro controller. It's one of those those clear ones that like goes RGB because I like looking at like all the the circuit boards and the guts and stuff in in controllers. I've always thought that was pretty cool. So I got the one that like has the nice funky RBG things. You can control the lighting, and it has like the the back panel programmable like buttons. You know, you know the ones where you can like they're at the back of the controller and you can like program them. Yeah. I've, I've never had that before. They're really cool. I keep forgetting to use them. I really do. But like, it's interesting to have this option. Um, and then I've, I've been playing um, a little bit of village. I need to play more of it because it's, it's interesting. Like it's, it's again, what the reviews were saying is it's not nearly as scary as the, uh, the last game was. And I definitely agree. Um, Biohazard, like, it got to the point in biohazard and like the first hour that i'm playing i'm like i'm moving one step at a time one step at a time because like i know there's a jump scare coming i know there's a jump scare coming out and i don't like it i don't want it um but it's been good so far i've been just shooting werewolf people in the head also in terms of like gaming right now i, I forgot to mention um it is the end of the steam summer sale and surprisingly my wallet has survived really um yeah there wasn't a lot of games that i was like oh i need to buy this like now Mm -hmm. um there's been a lot more games that are on my like wish list that i'm kind of waiting for the release to happen um and then when it does if it does um looking at you crab champions where are you um (laughs) but yeah it's pretty much just looking at the steam list being like okay i can pick this up but I think I think we're good. I mean, like Borderlands was only twenty bucks for all three for Borderlands one, Borderlands two, and Tales from the Borderlands. And I already have three, so it's like you know what? I might as well just pick up three games for twenty dollars. That's like a ridiculously good deal. So I did, and I, I'm so far satisfied with my purchase. Although, in order to fully enjoy it, I did have to go buy another um, SD card and the pro controller <laughs> so i mean i feel like the expensive. pro controller yeah i feel like the pro controller is definitely worth the investment that is oh yeah it was only 40 bucks for like yeah and it feels really good yeah and it it, it makes a world of difference especially when you're like if i i hope it never happens but if drift ever happens um i feel like the the pro controller is one of the saving graces where you can actually just use that to save your games and still play mm-hmm, um, right rather right. than having to worry about you know the joy-con drift because i i lost a couple pokemon games because of joy-con drift oh. so i'm like i have to i have to be a hundred percent on the game uh with with the new controller so uh lucky for me i had that on hand and also the pro controllers are just so much cheaper yeah it's cheaper to buy a pro controller than two joy cons which makes no sense depending on where you buy them because like i look i've been looking because i've been meaning to replace my joy cons before the drift like fully sets in um so i went to a bunch of stores most places they're like 
$70, but like Target has them for 80. And it's like, why are you charging me 10 more dollars than everywhere, everywhere else? Like, and also mm-hmm. like, why, why are they so expensive? Like I'm, I'm yeah. okay with paying 50 for a controller. That's not, that's not bad. Paying 40 for the pro controller felt like even better. You can also like find them for like 20 bucks. Or then a four, there's a $14 one, there's like a 20 something dollar one, and then there's the one I have, which is like the, the $40 one. So it's like I'm okay with those prices. Like I, I don't mind paying that. Um, but like $80 for the Joy Cons, which are gonna drift in like two months anyway. Anyway, um, controller <laughs> woes aside, um, Let's get into the actual Overwatchy things. Also, thank you to everybody who listened to us last month. We hit um, 1,015 viewers, I believe, last month. So thank you all so much. We really appreciate it. Um, I still need to get on to Believe and hope and see if, if they're going to pay us soon for the advertising money. Um, I need to email them on that. Uh, anyway, so to the, to the Overwatch League stuff. Um, Last week, again, as we said, is the second week of the uh, the summer showdown. So uh, on Friday, we had the Paris Eternal losing 1-3 to to the San Francisco Shock, and the Washington Justice lost 0-3 to the Atlanta Reign. So on Saturday, the Philadelphia Fusion took 3-0 over the Guangzhou Charge. The Seoul Dynasty lost 0-3 to the Shanghai Dragons. The Paris Eternal took 3-0 over the Vancouver Titans. The Dallas Fuel took 3-2 over the Florida Mayhem. The Houston Outlaws took 3-1 over the San Francisco Shock. Now moving to Sunday, the Seoul Dynasty took 3-2 over the Guangzhou Charge. The Philly Fusion lost 0-3 to the Shanghai Dragons. The Atlanta Reign went 2-3 to three with the Dallas Fuel. The Vancouver Titans went 0-3 against the Houston Outlaws. And the Washington Justice took 3-0 over to the Florida Mayhem. So I felt in general, this was a very entertaining week to watch. Like, I think I watched four of the matches. Um, and like interspersed in there were some really good games and some were some really good stomps. Yeah, I felt like this week was relatively fun to watch um i caught the two sf games but uh when it came down to like looking at the highlights for like not just like the scoreline wise mm-hmm. uh, some games were just like really close and other games were just like okay didn't expect that to happen that three to two rain versus fuel that was a good match yeah anyway so kevin tell us about the shock games how did those go yeah, so we'll start on Friday, uh, July 2nd, which was the Paris Eternal versus the San Francisco Shock. Um, this this one was kind of a, a really interesting match when I was watching it back. Um, it went 3-1 in favor of the San Francisco Shock. Um, but when I was watching this, this match, I felt like the first thing that uh, I wanted to bring up is the way how the, the Shock are starting to they they felt like they started to figure out what lineups they wanted to run um and how they wanted to execute on those plays um i remember mentioning a couple couple days ago um on the last podcast that with so much talent they have to figure out how they make certain players work um we've been asking where is twilight and we finally get them and it feels different and they're showing us a bunch of different looks which is 
really interesting for me. Um, one of the things that like threw me off a lot this week that took me a while to like click in my head. Um, they've had Violet play Lucio a lot more. Uh, and I understand like, yeah, Lucio is a, it's a, it's a good pick. It plays differently. Um, and it works, but most of the time, like we see Violet on the, the Moira, um, or, like the the Ana or something completely different, and with this change, like FD God has been seeing less and less play. Um, but I don't know if that's just the difference of mentality and the way how they play the map, or like a decision by the shock to say like, okay, FD God's style is like really aggressive. So if we have a style of a team play style that just eats up space. Yeah, we want FD God to go and do his thing, but um, if we need to rein it back, we do bring in Violet um, on occasion, and um, we can get back into the the actual game itself. The first one was on Nepal. Um, it was a 2-1 in favor of the San Francisco Shock. Um, the These two matches were a lot faster. Um, it felt like the Shock found a groove to start, and they carried that momentum into Watchpoint Gibraltar. Um, they're just able to full clear and not really like let Paris do their thing. On Hanamura, they did slip up a bit. Um, it went into overtime. It was a four to three in favor of the Paris Eternal. Um, they just had a better defense uh, going into it. Like sometimes you can't just run Torb and hope that it works. Um, that's something that the the Shock definitely have been trying to do uh, with Nero, um, but it just hasn't like against a May. Like we saw this in the in their other match, but um it's been kind of tough to figure out like when to use uh Torb and what kind of damage output you could really get out of them. So um yeah, that one didn't work out on Hanamura. And then when they went to Hollywood, um they just applied the pressure. Like um it it was a three four in favor of the shock. They just played better defense um when it came to the overtime rounds. So um it's interesting to see there's there's one thing like seeing Twilight back in the in the lineup feels good in terms of like on paper like how the team plays um but I don't know if it's as strong as having um like Violet on an Ana and having FD God on that on that support Lucio role um instead of trying to get Violet to fit into that um other role like just trying to get him to fit into the Lucio role. Um another thing is like on this map we we saw Ons once and on Watchpoint Gibraltar and they used them for you know long range uh sniping abilities and allowed Glister to kind of do his own thing as well. So they have a little bit more pressure um on both of those two. Um so yeah, that was the Friday match. We can hop into the uh the Saturday match, which was against the Houston Outlaws, and this one, uh, God, this, this one was just tough to watch. I mean, um, I enjoyed the matches, like, but there was one map in particular that really, like, um, I felt like everything shifted um, once they started getting into uh, Junkertown on map two. So, map one, it was a 2-1 in favor of the San Francisco Shock. Um, they did really well playing on Mecha Base. Um, they 
it was that whole mentality once again. Uh, you have uh, Dante, um, you have Dante playing May on occasion versus Nero playing the Torb, and you're like, okay, they both kind of play in a similar way where one has more of a defensive capability than the other, but uh, just the sheer output of a Torb turret unchecked can do a lot and also force teams to not be able to play into them. Um, so it was cool to see that matchup go head to head. Um, and the, the hardest thing that I was looking at was how much, uh, super gets bullied. I mean, <laughs> for lack of a better term, like you have both Jean, uh, Jean and piggy playing against him and it's double shield, right? Like they'll run like Arissa, um, they'll run Arissa Sigma and then it's just super and Choi is like on, on diva or something like that. Like it's still helpful. But the fact that like super could only block one instance of damage and you get gravitic flux, like what are you gonna do? Like you can't deal anything there. Um, but we did see instances of Choi. Like there was this one play I remember on uh, I think it was on Mecha Base where Choi was actually on Sigma, lifted uh, lifted the outlaws up, and then Nero just put the molten core on the floor where they're gonna land, and that just wiped the team. And I'm like, that's that's just rude. <laughs> they not only are you taking half of your HP and damage on impact on the floor, but then like you have to run out of goo. Like that's also really difficult. Um, but the initial momentum went in the San Francisco Shocks' favor. They were like, okay, yeah, we can we can go with it. Um, it was a really grindy match, and then they got to Junkertown. Now this is this map felt like it took. Forever, which it did. Uh, it was a six to five on Junkertown. Uh, but the way how this game played out at first, um, the Shock played a really good offense. They pushed and they had um, like two minutes left on the clock. Uh, and then when it came down to the Outlaws, they did get it to the end, but it took them a lot longer and they went into overtime. So they got their one minute. Um, the thing that the shock does on on Junkertown that confused me a lot is it makes sense on paper, but it doesn't make sense like in the league. Um, they play a fight towards spawn, like first fight of of Junkertown, right? Usually you play around the corner, like under the bridge area, mm -hmm. um, and you kind of let the cart roll to you. You kind of set yourselves up and say like, okay, if we need a backup, we we back up to the bridge. We we get healed. We play poke damage. Um, you have that corner to dance around. Yeah, exactly. Um, but the shock don't think that corner exists, and it's good and bad. The good part about it is, if you take a fight at their spawn, they can back up and you know heal themselves up. Uh, but they have to go further back. It stalls out time. Um, and the most important part of that is. If they do get a kill, they have the ability to force them to turtle, which burns more time. Um, and it also guarantees a last fight, which is something that's kind of weird to... Uh, it guarantees three fights. So one at spawn, then one at bridge, and then one uh, right before the doors. Um, but on occasion, like if you lose that first fight, you might not even get the chance at the second fight. So we've seen that happen with the shock where they'll push and they'll hold a really aggressive defense 
and they get punished by it because of spawn advantage uh, coming out from the other team. So, um, yeah, that's something that really caught them off guard. And it happened like a couple times. Um, they did it on their first defense and they did it on their second defense. But um, yeah, the Houston Outlaws were just able to cruise through this. Um, they got it all the way past point two and started rolling it through um, to try to get it to the end, which they were stopped um, by the shock. And then when they flipped sides, you know, Super got bullied once again. Just He just can't do too much against, you know, double shield. Um, trying to get an Earth Shatter to be, you know, beneficial when there's two shields, and especially since one of them is Sigma, it makes it a lot harder for Super to just get an angle that he wants. Um, and Choi did as much as he could as well. But this game grinded out for so long that it really sucked the momentum out of the San Francisco shock. Um, it was a six, five. So it, it went the distance. It was a long match. And uh, yeah, the, the shock couldn't figure out how to play the game after that. Like the, the outlaws got a couple ticks on Volskaya and then the shock couldn't get a tick on Volskaya. And that was a quick map. And then same thing. You, they go to King's row, like the outlaws, get the first point and push a little bit through and get stopped at the end. The shock only capture the first, like they, all of the wind was taken out of their sails after junker town. Um, they just couldn't find anything that worked for them. So that is unfortunate for them, but honestly, the outlaws did a really good job of like stalling that out, keeping the pressure up. That is something that, you know, Dante and happy made, you know, violet and twilight's life. Absolute hell, which was, which made it very difficult for the rest of the team to even sustain. So really good on them. Uh, Jean-Gu and Piggy just bullied Super the entire game. That was, <laughs> that's, that's uh, the only way to really put it. Um, but yeah, these games were interesting. It, it could have been a lot longer. I felt like if the Shock were able to re, like, recollect themselves after Town, they might have put up a little bit more of a fight, but they they really couldn't find anything and it just sucked them out of it. So unfortunately for them, they sit at a two-two at the end of the um at the end of the week. So they're dead center. We're looking at, you know, summer showdown standings later later down the line. Uh they're dead even at like no no map advantage. Uh they have a zero map advantage. They have a two-two record. So uh they are currently sitting at the sixth spot, but you know if teams start doing a lot better, uh, they probably won't be able to see you know the the summer showdown um, again. And it does bring up that question: It's like how is this team adjusting and making the better plays? And uh, honestly, we don't know. Uh, for me, as a shock fan, I don't know if they'll ever get back up to that level of being a great team it's time to maybe yield the crown to another team that's uh mm. up and coming so so what do you think it is about like i mean i feel like right now especially it's like growing pains with the changes in the roster for the shock but like mm -hmm. they had this winning formula for so long and it's like the players that they have are very talented like we know this for a fact is is there something about the formula that crusty perfected that's just not working right now. 
Um, I feel like it's also like personnel as well. Like, um, when you do have, we do have talented members and everything. It's it all comes down to chemistry and how well the team plays together. Um, which at the end of the day is something that you cannot, you can try to instill, but you can never teach that. Um, and it, I feel like it's good that they have like a solid roster in order to make something like this happen, but. Um, when it comes to like gameplay style and technique, I feel like that's something that the shock need to find. They need to find, they, they can't identify as, you know, the champions anymore. They're a different roster. Um, I mean, ship of Theseus again, uh, is the San Francisco shock still the San Francisco shock. If all of the pieces are different or how many boards you have to change, how many players you have to switch. Uh, in order for this to no longer be the San Francisco Shock team, um, you know, with Striker's gone, Ons comes back, kind of. Uh, you have, you know, you don't have Moth, you have FD God. Um, and, like, I feel like one of the biggest hits, like, a lot of people are saying, oh, well, when Sinatra left the game, that, that's when they lost it. Um, or I feel like the two players that made the biggest impact on the Shock, um, were rascal and moth um and with those two no longer on the team it feels it feels like the the chemistry is not 100 percent there um they were able to like rely on rascal to kind of play whatever they needed to which made him like one of the most valuable assets on the team and then moth was just like down to earth and kind of kept the team focused um i don't even know who the shot caller in the game is anymore for the shock because like I've always attributed it to to Moth and the way how he's able to steer the team uh mid-match. So yeah, I feel like it's gonna be really interesting to see uh what happens later down the line as well. So um hopefully they find something that works for them. I, I'm not saying like oh it's over, like the shock the shock is finished, like their legacy is done. Um I just feel like they need to figure out a way how to make their uh their rosters like um how can i say the chemistry in the roster to work uh to the best of their advantage so what do what would you characterize them as now because like for the longest time like when you when you say san francisco shock everyone characterized them as like the winningest team in the league, like the, the, the unstoppable San Francisco shock, the, even if you put them down into the lower brackets, they'll just run the the lower bracket all the way to the championship, San Francisco shock. So what are they right now? I'm just, I'm not used to seeing the San Francisco shock in this position. I feel like I got so used to the, the shock being the team to beat. And it's, it's weird not seeing that be true anymore. Yeah, it you have to consider that the new um the new San Francisco Shock are it's like a new trial team. Like I look at it like a team that's rebuilding um after losing like their I wouldn't say their star players, but like losing some really big assets. Um and just trying to figure out like who they are as a team and how they play together. Um and I feel like that's just the way how they they have to play it out. Um, they might not have you know the the newest and youngest of talent, but 
they have experience and that's something that a lot of teams don't have anymore. It's always a constant rotating door of players. So um, I feel like if they tapped into like the way how they play, um, they could definitely build themselves up more towards the end of the year, if not like next season, if uh, mm-hmm. if they decide to keep the same roster moving forward. Okay. So you, you have some hope for them. I have some hope. I just feel like they need to, if they're going to change things, they need to do, um, they have to figure out their team, like chemistry first. Um, because I feel like there's a lot of different pieces. They all play really well, but they all play differently, which is something that's hard to really put. Like, it's hard to get a team to be 100% in sync. Gotcha. Okay. Um, so I watched a couple of different matches. I did I did watch that shock in Outlaws match. I didn't take any notes on it, but I just watched it this morning just to see what happened. It was like it's a very like just the way that the, that the outlaws really stuck together and like picked apart what the shock were doing, like especially on like Busan, they just didn't let them touch the point a lot of the time was was huge. Um but so to start, I watched the Dynasty versus the Dragons on which was on Saturday, and that was an O and three. Now, I have weird feelings about the the Soul Dynasty. Like, I know they've been good before, and they've had moments where they are good, and I like them as a team. But it's just like they're so inconsistent that it, it's hard to really like it, it is hard to root for them especially with a performance like this like this was it's this isn't one of those oh and three matches where it's like oh it was close they put up a fight and like they just maybe flubbed it a couple times in the last minute or like they were going up against a really hard um uh, opponent and like someone has to win it just wasn't them. like no this was an absolute just disgusting steamroll like the dragons have such a, a like the entire Dragons team is just so much more skilled and more patient and just better at this game than what the Soul Dynasty are putting out right now. Um, I feel like a, a big part of... I didn't even finish watching the third match just because it wasn't worth my time. Um, it doesn't even feel like the Dragons are really trying. Like This feels like a warm-up for them. This feels like they're like, oh, let's, let's practice. Oh, wait, that was an actual match? Um I feel like the biggest difference between all of this was um, the the DPS line. Like, Lip and Fleta are just so much better than Fitz and Profit right now. Uh, it got to the point where, like, Lip and Fleta were missing their ults, and it didn't even matter. Like, they could completely miss every single ult, and they'd still just, all right, we missed the ult, let's just go kill them again anyway. Um, kill them the old-fashioned way. Um, so this was a little bit um, embarrassing show for the soul dynasty. Um, I, I hope that they, they go back and learn how to be better because this is not the kind of like, if you're getting paid 
at least uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars a year to play a game you should be performing better than this i mean like i understand that they're like probably better than any of us at playing this game like any of us random people who just play it but the fact that like you're getting paid to compete like you should be putting up a better performance than this so um dynasty need to get their ship together and and sail that ship of theseus maybe with better parts um so moving on to day three um now i watched the fusion versus the dragon so continuing with the dragon's train um the fusion i think are probably the best chance at anyone who could really like give the dragons any trouble because right now i think dragons are still continuing to be the undisputed champions of the apac region um and i feel like the fusion do have good parts to them like they, they have rascal they have eqo they have mono they have funny astro hot button alarm so i they have good pieces they just don't have the greatest luck and i feel like maybe they, they still are missing that that little bit of finesse uh, as a team that would put them into the championship spot um but they to be it's a it was this was a 3-0 but it was a 3-0 that like i felt this was a good matchup i felt that they gave it their all i felt that it was very close um like starting on lee jong tower like you go to garden and in the like the first fight is just or I, even i think maybe the first or second fight is absolutely insane because like it just goes on for so long there's so many alts trading um the the dragons get their kills but they just can't flip it because the the fusion keep touching point and stalling it out for so long there's just just huge like multiple emps throughout like eq i think hits two emps within the same fight um and they're they're just trading out kills and it eventually the dragons take it but like I don't feel like this was how the the dragons expected their first fight to be in that it like, it took a couple minutes just to even take first possession of the point. Um, first map did go to Philly. Um, just they, they were able to, to, they were able to, to have a sturdy enough composition to really contest the dragons and um, like g- give them trouble. Like no other team really has, has really given them before. I don't know, maybe if the dragons were expecting another easy win coming off of facing against the soul dynasty. Um, but after that, then you moved on to night market. Night market was fun at the very beginning, just because there's uh, so many like environmental kills and you don't really see a ton of environmental kills. And it just makes me happy to really, um, to see it happen. Um, but both of these um, next two maps, night market and control center, there was a good fight and good, um, contesting from the philadelphia fusion but in the end like the 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 shanghai dragons are just such a more polished like i said they have that polish and that finesse that the philly fusion don't have um i feel like both of the um the divas in in this matchup are really like are really pivotal because they're eating a lot of the ults so you'll they'll go in and try to like do something with either a tracer bomb or like maybe a a, a blizzard but then comes in the diva to really take that opportunity away so both teams are are reading each other very well i feel like the philadelphia fusion really prepared for this matchup um then you move on to junker town and 
they're but all of these caps are in overtime really every single almost every single time they cap a point it's in overtime so it's it's not an easy push for the dragon like the dragons are actually having to work here the fusion in in several instances like could have ended it but the dragons just have an insane ability to hold on the point um there's a lot of times where the points only move because one side or the other will just dump their ult completely um something that i started really noticing here is just the trade-off between the um the emps from the sombras was really key in like timing it out um i think here even even still um moving on to this match i still think that the uh, the dps of lip and fleta is the difference between the dragons and the fusion uh, much like it was the difference between the dragons and the soul dynasty lip and fleta are just an insane duo together they are just massive damage dealers and and it's really hard to to find an answer to them um and then moving on to volskaya um the dragons just had an insane just a, a huge insane push the in the first time they had they capped it with three minutes and six seconds so they had six minutes to to take the second point and they did it with four minutes and 48 seconds in the bank it was just an absolute steamroll um as soon as carpe dies the dragons take advantage of that five man versus six man um team fight win it push snowball win um a big thing here is that fleta for the second point um the the uh the fusion were were pretty much very well um stabilized they're like okay we're ready to take this fight um i think they have they actually started winning that fight i think they got one or two kills but then fleta double blinks puts the sticky bomb onto the ana um and then kills the ana and that creates a, an opening for him to run around bleh. and that creates an opening for him to run around in the back line and that breaks open their defense and allows the shanghai dragons to push back in and cap the point um he does the same thing when the fusion are attacking. He he does the double blinky um, pulse bombs, and that like every single time he does it, it sticks and it breaks open their attacks. So the Philly fusion really just just don't have an answer to this DPS line. So um, while the the first two maps in this matchup were fairly close volskaya was just an easy win for the dragons i felt i feel like the fusion were just boomed after that i feel like they lost their motivation and and any hope that they would win so the dragons maintain their lead i think if anyone has any chance of breaking open the apac region and doing something it's going to be the philadelphia fusion but they're not there yet they really have to beef up their dps line because that's what's killing them or or find a way to take out the dragon's dps because they they have no answers right now um moving on to rain versus fuel i think this was the most entertaining match that i've seen in a while um uh, we know the dallas fuel have been completely running the north america region but the the atlanta rain like i feel like they show that the fuel are not infallible they excuse me um, they took this to a 3-2. Um, the Fuel, of, of course, did win this, but it wasn't an easy fight for them. Like, I, I would think that... I would think that the Rain would have been 
making like a, a better show for themselves with the way that they're playing right now. Like a lot of the time, um, everyone is like harping on how good Fearless is, but I feel like Gator like had his number the entire time. Like there were a lot of times where Gator would bait out that the shatter or he'd just be prepared for when he, he would read when Fearless was going to shatter and have his shield up and then just counter shatter him instead. So um, I feel like Fearless has maybe, I, I don't want to jinx it, but if Gator can keep up this performance, I feel like if they met up in a later match and reviewed this tape, I feel like maybe Gator would be able to um, to give the Fuel a run for their money when it comes to that tank game. I feel like, at, the, at least in this matchup, throughout the entire map, or throughout this entire matchup, I feel like Gator was probably the better main tank, just overall, just because of how he was able to to pretty much play with Fearless. Like Fearless didn't really have much he could do when Gator's like blocking every single one of his shatters. So the first match up was Nepal. Um, this was this was really weird because it was it was I feel like there were a lot of mistakes on both sides on Shrine. Like the field just didn't touch the point in overtime, so they cut they pulled a C nine there. So uh, the the, the range just took that point. Sanctum, there was a lot of uh, oh, there was a lot of booping. It was really fun to watch this one too because, I, like I said, I like environmental kills. There was a lot of environmental killing on this one. Um, the fuel took that one, and then in in village, I don't feel like I don't feel like the fuel really should have won this point. I feel like it's it's mainly just because. I don't understand how they won some of the fights is the thing. Um, there were a lot of ults traded out and a lot of eats here as well. So this was a good a good matchup to watch the D.Va play, um, especially with the May. A lot of the Blizzards did get eaten. But I, 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 watched, I watched the play again and again, and I, I still don't understand how, even at a man disadvantage, the, the Dallas Fuel were able to, to win the Village map. Um, moving on to Route 66. Um, I feel like this the rain woke up and from the last match where they were really close to winning all of these points and then they just went for full aggression. They had better positioning. They here's another really good match where they baited out a lot of ults with um with Gator and then Hawk ate a lot of the um uh the ults as well. Um and they just kept pushing really hard. Um there was a lot of really aggressive use of the Symmetra teleport that I've really been noticing in a lot of recent matches is that I feel like Symmetra is becoming more of a must pick because of that teleport and teams are, are using it more than just like to, to get a, a distance boost or to try to like get the high ground. They're using it to like get behind or get right on top of other teams. So I, we haven't really seen this much Symmetra use in a while. And like, I hate Symmetra. I hate playing against her, but it's really cool to see how teams are using that, um that mobility that the teleport allows to get around um whatever other teams are setting up or to take the fight to them um match three was anubis not really anything on there the fuel did win this one um eichenwald was Eichenwald was interesting because just how fast that the uh the fuel were really able to to build up their ults um, 
but that's uh, the rain won this one, I believe, but it's, I felt like the fuel should have won it because of how aggressive they were. Um, the fuel in the end, I think they just had better positioning and were able to get early picks enough so that the fuel never really got a good solid push in. Um, and then moving to Busan, um, that was a 2-0 downtown in Sanctuary. It was done. The fuel were just a lot stronger here. Um, they just decided, okay, we're stopping this. We're putting our foot down. Um, and yeah, that was that was it. I, I wanted the rain to win this one just because I felt like they really wanted it and they had the potential. Um, I feel like they just need to they need to do a, a little bit more of, of the polishing. Um Sparkle really saved the uh, the Dallas field a lot of the time with his echo play um, and his Symmetra play. A lot of damage came out from Sparkle throughout the matchup. So, um, yeah, that was that was that. I think if anyone has a chance of dethroning the Dallas Fuel, it's probably going to be the Rain or the Outlaws. The Outlaws just they're they're doing a lot better, but they just can't win against the Fuel. So. If, if it's anyone that's going to be these two teams, I would like to see the Atlanta Reign make it to um, the finals bracket and see what they can do there. Yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned the uh, the Symmetra. Um, I, I have seen that quite a bit. Like, not, not only, you know, especially a team like the Reign, they really do a lot of work on their tape. Um, they, they tend to watch a lot of teams and figure out like what weird thing can we do in order to not allow them to play the game that they want. And I feel like Symmetra is one of those, but also like, you know, the use of Kai and just having him out there um, able to take some poke damage or being able to land some damage from a distance, especially on like longer maps. Um, it definitely works out. But yeah, I'm definitely interested in seeing if the rain make it to, you know, the... Uh, if they do end up making it uh, to the summer showdown, like the qualifying rounds, um, they'll be on Sunday. And if they do, um, if we do get to see a repeat of the match between the Dallas Fuel and the Atlanta Rain, um, I feel like that's something that you know a lot of fans, especially after this match, are definitely looking forward to. Yeah, I mean, this is, like I said, this is one of the best matchups I've seen in a while. Um and as as for like this is so this is the second week we have I think one more week of qualifiers and I think the um then the knockouts the week after that mm-hmm. but all right let me check is, is next week the knockouts or is it after uh, next week is the qualifiers so like they do the top six and then they do the knockouts uh, okay yeah so next, next week, week is the knock so yeah um so next week is the knockouts and like I feel like the med I I don't think there's a a set real meta that we've seen in this tournament right now, because like it depends on the team and it depends on like the map that they're running that we'll see a lot of like the Soma tracer matchups um, for the DPS, or there's the, um, the, the Symmetra. I don't know. Symmetra's is being paired with a lot of different heroes, but Symmetra is a lot of, is a must pick for a lot of teams. And then you also have the main McCree a lot of the time as well. Not so much echo this tournament that I'm seeing. Um, and there's also still a lot of variation as well. Like we, I've seen a lot of Reapers, a lot of soldier 76s. Um, there's, there's one or two Faras. Like I know Fleta likes to play Farah a lot, um, especially on Lee Jong. 
So, and tank wise, I feel like we're going back to like a double shield slower push. Like there's a lot of um, Ryan Sigmas. There's a lot of Ryan Divas. There's not as much dive as I've noticed as it was last tournament. Yeah, and I feel like that's also because of the ban, like the the ban list that they initially had in the June Joust. Mm-hmm. Like taking away the Reinhardt means that teams either play Arista Sigma or play full dive, and not having also the ability to like punish backline with the tracer or the sombra um helped out quite a bit so um i i don't understand why they didn't flip the the bands this time around but um we we definitely see a lot more variety now that like teams are kind of unleashed um which i feel is kind of ironic yeah yeah it is it is super ironic because like the whole point of the bands was to like increase variety but like what just ended up happening was the teams were just running dive every single time um so looking into the matches for next week um starting thursday which is no that's tomorrow hey so the atlanta rain are going to face against the london spitfire and the boston uprising are hitting the houston outlaws then on friday the hangzhou spark versus the new york excelsior the Chengdu Hunters versus the Philly Fusion, um, the LA Valiant versus the Shanghai Dragons, and the Hangzhou Spark versus the New York Excelsior with another, that's an, that's an encore. Um, the Washington Justice are facing the London Spitfire. The Gladiators are versus the Defiant. And the Dallas Fuel are going to be facing the Houston Outlaws. So that's going to be a fun one to watch. Battle of Texas again. Um, on Saturday, the NYXL are going to face the Fusion. The LA Valiant are going to face the Hunters. The Spark are going to face the Dragons. There's going to be a rebroadcast of the NYXL versus the Fusion. The Atlanta Rain are going to face the Uprising. The Define are going to face the Fuel. And the Justice are going to face the Gladiators. And then we have our, our knockout rounds, which are to be determined so far. Again, like we've done in the past tournaments, I feel like I'm going to, unless there's like a huge upset um, that may happen, in the um in, in just the regular matches the qualifiers leading up to the knockouts which i mean it happened last last tournament the the philly fusion lost the map to the uh the the valiant and so they were kicked out of the tournament so um that being said those matches are important but i feel like i'm still going to wait until the knockouts to see what happens and i believe this is also going to be a a a homestand as well for one of the Chinese teams. Don't remember which one it is this time. It is the Dragons. All right, cool. Another tournament win and the homestand for them. Um, I believe also the Dallas Fuel and the Houston Outlaws are also holding their respective homestands this time with the Battle of um, the Battle of Texas on Friday, I believe. Um, check their Twitter. Let me check their Twitter real quick. So the Battle for Texas is is in fact happening um this weekend um if any yeah it's yeah the ninth the ninth is when they're going to be facing off against each other so um good luck to both those teams if any of you happen to go to that please let us know i'd love to hear um what your experience was and like we'd love to talk to you and interview you and 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 get like live vicariously in the homestands through you because we have not been in anything overwatch in person in so long um anything else kevin that you wanted to to mention 
Um, yeah, I'll mention this really small thing. If you guys are interested in like broadcasting or anything, anything that like you know, I tend to push quite a bit. Um, San Jose State University is having a, um, I think they're having a live stream on the tenth. Yes. So, um, if you ever wanted to make streaming something that you wanted to like pursue, um, definitely watch uh, the San the San Jose State's uh, Twitch is going to have Artie's uh, is going to bring Artie back on July tenth at two p.m. PST. Um, go ahead and join him and have a look at that. Um, he's going to be going over questions on like what you need to do in order to influence social media and like things that you want to do in order to uh, grow as a streamer. So yeah, that's going to be July 10th uh, at 2 p.m. Um, just check the San Jose State uh, eSports page and they should have something for you. So uh, yeah, it's going to be really interesting. All right, everybody. Thank you for tuning in to another episode this week. Stay tuned and listen to what we bring you next week. Please, if you haven't already listened to our interview with uh, Lindsay Ely, who wrote the Deadlock Rebels book, and also our interviews with um, Arties and our interview with um, the Watchpoint Pride folks. So, yeah. Thanks, guys, for listening to us, and we will catch you next week. Adios. Next week, we continue our gaming news and continue our coverage of the Summer Showdown. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please like, rate, and subscribe to us on all your favorite podcast platforms and follow us on all social media at Believe in OWL. Questions or comments? Please send us an email at believeinowl at gmail.com. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.